Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Bi-Weekly Geopolitical Report podcast for January 31st, 2022. I'm Phil Adler. While the West has been focused on the Russian threat to invade Ukraine and expand its sphere of influence there, recent developments in another former Soviet Republic, Kazakhstan, have also appeared to increase Russian influence and have important implications for world oil, gas, and uranium prices. Confluence Investment Management Market Strategist Patrick Ferrin-Hernandez joins us today with some analysis. Patrick, Kazakhstan doesn't have a large population, but it certainly is rich in resources that the world needs. How rich exactly? Well, hi, Phil. Kazakhstan is in some ways a classic emerging market commodity powerhouse. If you look at a list of its top exports, you'll see that it sells a wide variety of mostly mineral goods, ranging from crude oil and natural gas to uranium and copper ore. Its top export is crude oil, and in recent years, it's accounted for roughly 2.5% of the world's oil exports. It also has the world's 12th largest proved reserves of oil. Similarly, Kazakhstan provides more than a third of the world's uranium. That's a very lucrative position for the country to be in. Now, have Kazakhstan's citizens benefited from all these resources? No, and that would be perhaps the key issue. Kazakhstan's government, since it gained independence in 1991, has been very authoritarian and corrupt, and the elites have largely captured the country's riches for themselves. The vast majority of Kazakhs have seen relatively limited benefit from the country's mineral riches. That's sad for them, but it's also left simmering frustration and anger on the part of the general population. Was there one event that triggered the recent violent unrest in the country? When there's lots of pent-up frustration and anger, it only takes a spark to touch off major unrest, and that's what we saw at the beginning of January. It really only took the lifting of fuel price controls in a remote western province to cause the problem. Prices for the fuel quickly doubled, and people took to the streets in protest and to demand a change in leadership. Did this unrest in Kazakhstan create an opportunity for Russia? Well, it certainly did, and that's one thing we focus on in our written report. Since the country's independence in 1991, its dictator, Nursultan Nazarbayev, had not only imposed strict control over the population, but he had also jealously guarded Kazakhstan's independence, especially regarding Russia. Nazarbayev resigned a few years ago, but he maintained a lot of influence in Kazakhstan because he kept his its leadership of the country's National Security Council. With the unrest threatening to topple the government, Russian President Putin certainly saw his chance to intervene and bring the country more firmly into his sphere of influence that he wants so desperately to form around Russia. We'll talk more about how Russia has taken advantage of this opportunity. In a nutshell, Putin sent Russian troops into Kazakhstan to help support the current president, a fellow named Takayev. Fortunately for Putin, the Russians have a kind of mini-NATO self-defense alliance called the Collective Security Treaty Organization, or the CSTO. The Russians dominate the CSTO, which also consists of other formerly Soviet states, such as Belarus, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, and Armenia. 
like NATO, the CSTO has a mutual defense pact. So when President Takayev requested CSTO help in putting down the protests, Putin could send in Russian troops in a seemingly broad CSTO peacekeeping effort. In reality, most of the CSTO troops sent into Kazakhstan were from Russia. The bottom line is that Takayev now owes his skin to his new patron, President Putin. Kazakhstan shares a long border with Russia, but also a major border with China. Has China been threatened by Russia's growing influence in Kazakhstan? Yes, that was one of the key questions as the crisis unfolded. Not only does China have a long border with Kazakhstan, but it also has billions of dollars worth of investments in the country. It was easy to imagine that Beijing would be incensed by Moscow's move into Kazakhstan. Interestingly, however, it looks like China decided that discretion is the better part of valor. It looks like President Xi decided that he had bigger fish to fry than the revolt in Kazakhstan, and he acquiesced in the Russian move. She was able to save face because the Russian intervention had been requested by President Takayev, and the Russian troops quickly went home, even if Putin now has a much stronger hand in Xi's backyard. Does success in Kazakhstan strengthen Russia's hand in Ukraine and Eastern Europe? Well, it probably gives Putin some momentum on building his sphere of influence, and it will probably solidify Russia's relationship with those countries that are already under his thumb, like Belarus. For Ukraine, Poland, and other Eastern European countries, however, it could also make them even more afraid and even more intent on protecting themselves against Russia's power plays. Can we expect higher oil, natural gas, and uranium prices long-term because of growing Russian influence in Kazakhstan? We think that's one of the risks. Over the years, Putin has shown that one of his favorite geopolitical tools is to manipulate the supply of energy, especially of oil and natural gas supplies to Europe. Since Kazakhstan also provides a significant amount of oil and gas to Europe and beyond, we think Putin will be tempted to pressure Kazakhstan into manipulating its shipments in support of Russian objectives as well. That could mean higher prices if Putin wants to pressure Europe into granting him concessions. Patrick, is there anything the United States can do to influence what happens in Kazakhstan, or are we more or less helpless in this situation? It would be tough, especially now that Takayev is so clearly beholden to Putin for his political life. On the other hand, at some level, the Kazakhs will remember that they had more room to maneuver when they weren't under Putin's wing. There still may be enough popular support for Kazakh independence that the U.S. could have some influence via aid, commercial ties, and the like. However, I won't sugarcoat it. Overall, the U.S. probably won't have much influence there. And you've noted that rising global commodity prices can cause social unrest in underdeveloped countries like Kazakhstan. What are likely candidates for the next hotspot? Well, so far, the biggest signs of unrest have been in the frontier markets, especially in Tunisia. Indeed, northern Africa has been susceptible to this kind of problem in the past. As a reminder, the Arab Spring a decade ago was sparked in part by rising commodity prices around the world. Patrick, the analysis team at Confluence Investment Management has been a bit more concerned recently about the possible length and strength of inflation. 
Will rising commodity prices be the primary driver as some of these broader supply chain bottlenecks get resolved? They're a big part of the picture, but certainly not the only part. Supply shortages have also hit any number of manufactured products, such as computer chips. And on top of that, labor supply shortages have worsened in many countries, driving wage rates higher. Indeed, that's one of the defining aspects of today's inflation. It's really broad, and you can't really pin it on just one event. Are we at the point where investment portfolios should be repositioned to prepare for rising commodity prices? Yes, and the Confluence Asset Allocation Committee has already been making some adjustments. For example, we expected rising inflation pressure to prompt higher interest rates, which could slow the economy. So in our strategies focused on income, we've modestly reduced our exposure to equities while we've retained our heavy tilt toward value and our overweight to lower capitalization stocks. More generally, we've modestly reduced our exposure to large cap U.S. equities in favor of small-cap stocks and commodities. A position in broad-based commodities, with an emphasis on oil, is employed across the array of our strategies, as is a position in gold, given the advantages it affords during heightened geopolitical risk. Thank you, Patrick. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.